Welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm Leanne Spencer, your host, and I've got an absolute humdinger for you this week. Uh, I drove out to West Wales a few weeks ago to meet a lady called Shan Nix-Jones. She runs a farm called Chuckling Goat, and as the name suggests, it is about goats, specifically goat milk products and goat's milk kefir. So Shan is the author of two books, The Good Skin Solution and Secrets from Chuckling Goat, uh, which I read very recently. It's a cracking book. She's got a really great story. And if you listen on, you'll hear all about it. We talk about Shan's journey from America, where she was a radio talk show host, broadcasting to up to a million listeners a night. And then she finds herself in a small village in Wales, um, in a marriage that, that eventually went wrong, and she, she kind of rebuilt her life, really. And this is the story of how she did that. And it's also the story of how goat milk products helped with her son. Uh, you could probably argue saved her husband's life. And it's now made a phenomenally successful business for her. They have 60,000 customers in 28 countries, and it's a really cracking story. I'm trying the products at the moment as well. So uh, my guest is Shan Nix-Jones of Chuckling Goat, and enjoy the show. Shan, welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your time. Um, I've just finished your book, Secrets of the Chuckling Goat, which, as you know, I really enjoyed. Uh, it's a fantastic story. If you can possibly condense 300 pages down into a handful of minutes, just, you know, how did a radio show host with a million listeners a night from America end up here in sort of not quite deepest, darkest Wales, but it's getting there? Yeah, t- tell me the story. So I came to Wales about 13 years ago. I came with my son's father. Uh, that relationship ended, decided that I liked the place better than the person. Stayed on, despite the fact that my mother in California was calling me saying, come home. And I said, you know, oddly, I am home. I don't know. There was just something about it here that really, really spoke to me. And when I looked at the hills um, that went up behind the castles, you know, Wales has more castles than anywhere in the world. I just thought, there's something here that I need to know. There's some secret here that I need to listen to. So I stayed uh, on my own for a couple of years with the kids, met Rich then, he was a neighboring farmer. We ended up um, getting married and I moved on to his self-sustaining farm, which was an incredibly steep learning curve. (laughs) And if you've read the book, you know all Um, about it. Yeah, and I want to ask you more about that. Yeah, really tough. Um, It's not easy, you know, the Disney farm concept of uh, being out in the countryside is one thing, and I'm sure there were some you know, Laura Ashley fantasies with flowing floral fabrics and big hats, and it's not so much that. It's more mud and wellies and fleece and (laughs) animals getting sick and animals dying and um, really difficult transition. Mm. Um, But I managed to learn an awful lot, and of course Rich is very experienced and he knows an awful lot of things as well. So we decided to get a goat when Benji had bronchial infections, and he was going back and forth to the doctors an awful lot. You know, he would say he would have repeated courses of antibiotics. And I thought, this isn't right. I didn't know much about it at the time. I didn't know how very harmful antibiotics can be. Mm. I did know just as a mother, you do have a sense like, this cannot be good for him, taking three courses of antibiotics in a six month period. And so I said to Rich, what are we gonna do? And he said, well, let's get a goat. And I said, "Mm." Why? I've just told you my son is ill and you've said, let's get a goat. (laughs) And he said, 
we should get a goat because in the Welsh tradition, they know that goat's milk is good for asthma, eczema, and bronchial conditions. I'd never heard of it, but by this time I'd worked out that Rich pretty much knew what he was talking about. So we drove straight from the doctor's surgery to see a man who had a goat, brought the goat home, started milking the goat. Um, we had too much goat's milk. It was great, and Benji liked it, he drank it. It did help with his bronchial conditions, mm -hmm. um, but I had too much milk and it was going off. So I went to Auntie Google and typed in, what do I do with too much goat's milk? And I didn't want to make cheese because cheese is boring and everyone makes goat's cheese. And it came up with goat's milk soap. Fine, that sounds interesting. I took a class in Yorkshire, took the train for the weekend and took a class, learned to make milk, um, soap, goat's milk soap. And also on the radio, I heard a Russian doctor named Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. Yeah. She was talking about using something called kefir that I'd never heard of, and she, was, she had used it to take her son off the autistic spectrum. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Maybe if I contact her and she tells me how to do that in a way that she would approve use for her patients, um, we could develop a little market. I could help people who had, you know, were busy and struggling with autistic uh, children care. Um, and I could find a market for my goat's milk. And so that's what we did. I contacted Dr. Natasha. She taught us how to make this probiotic called kefir. She told us to leave it unflavored, no sugar, to use real grains so that it's really powerful. And we did all that. Um, then things were going really well. We were selling a little bit of the kefir. It didn't taste very good and no one knew what it was, so it was a bit of a struggle to <laughs> sell it. So you had to, you had to make the market as well to, as the product. We did, we effect. had to educate people. Yeah. And we were driving, we put some pints in the car, we were driving around and saying, here's this stuff, you've never heard of it, and it doesn't taste very good, but do you want it? Yeah. <laughs> Oddly, no. <laughs> it was a real push, it was a real education gap. Um, Just out of interest, what type of people were receptive to it? Is it people who'd had conditions and they tried everything and they were fed up and willing to give anything to go? Or what kind of people did you find were more receptive? Gym bunnies, health nuts. Mm. The fitness sector oh, has That's always known about kefir. Right. And so people were stocking it in the gyms. It's the number one of the number one um, post-workout foods. It's supposed to be even better than whey protein. Oh, really? So yeah, yeah, I was amazed, but there you go. It was driving the market. Then Rich, um, who had had colitis for a number of years, went into the hospital and came out without his large intestine, but with a superbug infection, life-threatening. And uh, the doctor came and looked at him and said, I don't have any experience with anything of this magnitude. I think you need to contact the surgeon and I thought, hmm, the surgeon, I'm gonna call the surgeon's secretary and she's gonna say, mm, and you're phoning me because, mm. you know, the doctor had done his work. The surgeon had already cut out everything there was to cut out. You can't just cut out an MRSA infection. There was nothing left to cut. So the doctor got in his car and drove away. He was right outside this window and I remember him zooming up the track. And I thought, what do I do now? Because he has MRSA, they won't let him back into the hospital. You know, they screen for that before they let you in. Mm. Um, does he die on my sofa? You know, where, like literally, where does he go? Where do we go from here? And I just thought, you know, I have not come this far and worked this hard and finally met this man when I was 41 years old to have it end like this. This is not the way it ends. This is not the way my happy ending ends. And this is not happening on my watch. So I just started looking for answers, just any kind of answers. And I thought, you know, I must be asking the wrong question. 
If I ask the question, what can I do to kill this infection? The answer is nothing, he will die. The day that that infection meets his vital organs, we're finished here. Mm. So I don't like that answer. So I must be asking the wrong question. I just need to ask a better question. And so I thought, right, what's a better question? And I noticed in all the reading I was doing how aggressive and militaristic the language was. The language is all about killing the bug, killing the infection, you know, fighting it, killing it. And I just thought, you know what? That cannot be the answer. It never has been and it never will be. That's just not the way it's going to work. And especially on the microbiotic level, you can never kill all the infection, ever. Mm. They're too tiny, there's too many of them. You're always going to leave a few, and those few are going to breed and create the resistant population, which is what got us here in the first place. That's why we have a resistant infection. So what if the question is not how can I kill the infection, but how can I bring it into harmony? How can I dance this whole situation into resolution? And if I asked that question, I did have an answer, and the answer was the kefir. The kefir that we'd been making on the farm, I knew you introduce it into the gut, and the way that it works is by repopulating the good bugs inside the microbiome. And the good bugs bring the bad bugs into balance. Mm -hmm. And I thought, ooh, you know, I wonder if it works that way on the skin as well. And I couldn't find any information. There wasn't any information on kefir use on the skin. But I thought, well, it's not going to harm him, is it? It's not going to hurt. And it might help. And I can't just sit here and do nothing while he dies on my sofa. So then I decided I needed something to knock the pathogen level back a bit. Because at this point, the MRSA, the, the surgeon did tell us, we did contact him, he did say, the MRSA is all over his body. It's replaced every natural skin cell with a copy of itself. So wow. even if you were to clear the wound, it's still everywhere. It's in his eyebrows, under his nails, behind his ears. Even if I dipped him in bleach, I could never clear all that. Mm. So I found a combination of essential oils that I thought might work to knock that back a little bit to let the kefir get in and get a foothold. That was my theory. By this point, Rich was fading in and out of consciousness. He was upstairs in bed. Um, I went up with my bowl of essential oils and my bowl of kefir and he said, what are you doing? I was like, don't worry, sweetheart, I have this all <laughs> under control. Of course, I didn't, absolutely had no idea what I was doing. And I washed him down with the essential oils, not on the wound. He had an abdominal wound. I wasn't brave enough to do that. I thought if I give him gangrene or something, it's, I, I can't face that. Um, but, and then I put the kefir on top, on his skin, not on the wound. And I did that morning and night every day for three days. And at the end of the third day, the nurse came in and they were measuring the holes with a probe. And every day those holes would be deeper. This is caused by the bacterial, the MRSA. That's right. The yeah. superbug actually eats an infection into the wound. So instead of healing, you have little holes that are getting deeper every day. Right. And that's why I knew when it hit his vital organs, we were finished. And she said, you know, I think it's better. I went, okay, and then she came back the next day and it was definitely, you know, smaller. The holes were getting smaller instead of getting bigger. And we actually cleared that MRSA infection in two weeks. Two weeks later, it was clear, he swabbed clear, the holes closed, he got up out of bed, he went out, he got on his tractor where he is today, and that was that. And I thought, that was odd. <laughs> so I sent everything off to be tested. You know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of science, although I'm not a scientist myself. Uh, sent it to the lab to be tested. Turns out the oil combination is effective against MRSA. The oil with the kefir. Uh, yeah, well, the, the, the essential oil kills MRSA. Okay. And then the kefir wow. puts the good bugs back onto the skin. Mm -hmm. 
And that's where I learned that kefir is effective on skin. And I also learned about the principle of popula population repopulation. It's not enough to kill the bugs. You create an empty space and the pathogens jump into that space. It's like if you have a space in your garden and you clear it, it's not gonna stay empty. Mm. You know, it will fill, but it will fill with weeds. It's not gonna fill with flowers. It's the same in your gut and it's the same on your skin. If you clear that space with antibiotics or steroids and leave it empty, it will populate with the pathogens. The opportunistic, nasty, fast bugs will jump in there and create infection. And how does that look? Candida, thrush, you know, SIBO overgrowth. Mm. That's what that is. You've, you've emptied that space with antibiotics and the bad guys have taken over. Kefir then puts the good bugs in there and the good bugs put the bad bugs back in their box. Yeah. I want to ask you actually about probiotics, but before that, what's informed your, your thinking and your knowledge? You know, are you a voracious reader? You know, I know you haven't got a scientific background, but obviously you've done a lot of work. You've done a lot of reading, driven by this desire to, to make rich well. And, mm -hmm. and also, you know, it's informed a lot of what you've done with your business. But where, where have you got that knowledge from? I was a newspaper journalist for five years, and I was a radio show talk show host for 10. So. I had to get a lot of information about any topic you like in a number of hours. So really, I'm a researcher. If you give me a computer and a topic, I can find out pretty much what I need to know in a very short space of time. Yeah. So that's pretty, pretty much where my training yeah. came from. And all the, everything's online, isn't it? There's more research papers than you could read in a lifetime. Yeah, we live in a very fortunate time. You know, the, the resources of all of the generations of human history are all available to us. Mm. You know, from the very beginning, you want to read Hippocrates, you can. It's all there. So, yeah, we have this wonderful stew to dig around in and find mm. information. And yeah. that's what I love. Yeah. Okay, so you made Rich Better in, mm -hmm. with, with the kefir. How did that become a business? How did Chuckling Goat, which is your business, come about? As soon as I learned that kefir was effective for skin, I started putting it into soaps and lotions. Because although I put the kefir straight onto Rich's skin, he did smell like a cheese. And I thought, well, this isn't very attractive. <laughs> so I worked, um, I actually went back to soap school where I learned to make the goat's milk soap and said, okay, now teach me how to put this stuff kefir into the soaps and lotions. Not straightforward because it was probiotically active. So then I had to find a safety assessor who was willing to look at that kind of combination of things. And they don't like that. They like everything to be inert, you know? Um, so that was a struggle. And we found essential oils that would work with the kefir and make it smell good, you know, instead of smelling fermented and um, developed all of the five ranges of soaps and lotions that we have today. Mm. Then I took Benji to school, you know, and, and the mothers were saying, oh, Benji had eczema. Now he doesn't. And what did you do? And I said, oh, well, I'm making this soap. And they went, oh, can I have some? Turns out a huge number of kids have eczema. Mm. So we started working with children who have eczema. What we realized is that if you drink the kefir and you put the kefir on your skin in the form of the soaps and lotions, you get this powerful uh, resolution of eczema. Eczema is not a skin condition. It's an autoimmune disorder. Mm. It sits inside the gut. You must heal the gut in order to heal the skin. Yeah. And that's what the kefir does. But it's the combination of taking it inside and outside. It's like a pincer approach. Exactly yeah. right. That's yeah. what works. It's, it's so interesting, isn't it, with the whole gut health, you know, awareness is increasing um, of the effect it can have on things that we've come to consider to be quite normal. Mm -hmm. It's pretty standard now to say, oh, I have an ex eczema, and no one really, well, a lot of people just don't think, oh, I wonder why that is. It's just, oh, you have eczema. Other autoimmune conditions as well, we've kind of allergies. Mm -hmm. I have a peanut allergy, that's not unusual anymore mm -hmm. if anyone says, yep. people are allergic to all these different things. 
And I think we're starting to realise, and again, I'm not a scientist either, but from, from the research that's, that's going on, that it's linked back to the gut. Mm -hmm. And if you treat the gut, mm -hmm. it'll permeate out into you know, the skin and, and other your cognitive awareness and all these other kind mm -hmm. of things. It's a really interesting time, I think, to be doing what you're doing and, and in effect what I'm doing mm -hmm. as well. Because we're mm -hmm. looking for anything that can help a client improve their health. Mm -hmm. and, and quite often I'm finding that does come back to gut health. Mm -hmm is why it's one of our, our signals. Yeah, it's such a powerful, powerful location. You know, it really is. Yeah. It, um, people come in and they say, well, I have eczema and I have hay fever and I, and I have rhinitis and I have IBS and I have anxiety and depression and I have joint pain. Mm. And I say, no, you know what? You have microbiome damage. Yeah. And then you have all of those symptoms. Those are all symptomatic leaves of a single tree, but the trunk of the tree sits in your gut. Mm. And on your skin, it looks like eczema. And in your joints, it feels like joint pain. And in your tummy, it feels like IBS. But it's all the same thing. And if you treat that inside the gut, those things all diminish. And we know that because we have 60,000 customers in 28 countries who tell us so. Mm. You know, we sell direct to the end user. And, and the reason that I don't sell through any outside um, shops or suppliers is I need to be in touch with those customers. So then they come back to me and they say, okay, I'm going through a massive detox. And you do have detox because the good bugs go in there and they fight the bad bugs and they get rid of the bad bugs and the bad bugs come out. And that can be headaches, nausea, wind, you know, you can have all kinds of effect. Um, so then I need to be there to say, okay, do this, do that, take your level down. Maybe you need some medical herbs to boost the whole process along. But we started, um, you know, sort of walking this path along with our clients and they were telling us what was happening. And so we just learned in a very practical way, mm. you know, sometimes it, the 170 mil, which is the dose we recommend, can be too much. People need to start small and take a tablespoon of it. If they are really, really impaired and they've had dysbiosis going back, you know, 40 years from when they had loads of antibiotics when they were a kid, um, their system may be overwhelmed, and so you have to start small. Mm. The other thing we learned is this is a slow process. You know, people go, oh, how much do I have to take? Two weeks, will I be done? No, you won't. You won't, you won't be done in two weeks. That's one of the questions <clears throat> which we, we might as well cover now, actually. How much and how often should I drink the kefir? This is a how long is a piece of string question. <laughs> people want an answer, and they want an answer like you want an answer to a chemical, um, allopathic medical prescription. Mm. Natural healing is slow and it takes time. Mm -hmm. It really is as if you ask me for an apple and I hand you an apple seed and go here, plant this, mm -hmm. and then water it. And then it's gonna sprout, and then it's gonna grow, and then it's gonna have flowers, and then it's gonna set fruit. It's a slow process because what we're accustomed to is covering over a symptom with chemicals, which happens like that. Doesn't resolve anything. You know, the problem is still there. You've just suppressed the symptom, like steroids, for example. Mm. Um, but we are not used to the process of slow recovery, and that's how it works with the kefir. It takes at least nine weeks to begin to see a result because yeah. you're putting the bugs into your system that then start to break the food down properly so you have the properly shaped molecules to go and do all the trillions of cascading interactions that your body's engaging in at any one time. You know, your hormonal system, your HPA axis, your skin, your immune system, they have to sort of start making the rectangular shaped molecules to go into the rectangular shaped receptors so that there's the molecular interaction. Mm. And then they build the right skin cell. You know, it's, that process takes time. Yeah. Um, and then past then, it depends. It depends on how severe the level of dysbiosis, how long has it been going on. You know, we'll get someone that comes in 
they say, oh, I've had IBS for 18 months. I had uh, a root canal 18 months ago and I had a course of antibiotics and ever since, you know, my tummy's not been right. That's easy, that's quick. We can do that in probably about six weeks. Someone comes in and says, I'm 67 years old and since I was four, I've had severe eczema and I also have the rest of the, what we've called the allergic march, which is hay fever, rhinitis. Uh, in your 40s, you tend to end up with asthma. You know, you've got IBS, you've got anxiety, fatigue, depression. Um, that's the whole gamut. That's gonna take me a bit longer. We can help with that, but it's probably gonna take six to nine months, could be as long as a year, because the kefir has a huge amount of work to do. Mm. And when you say six weeks, is that drinking one bottle every day? Mm. We recommend 170 mil a day. Yeah. So our kefir comes in a 21 day course, and so you take 170 mil every day for three weeks. Three weeks is not gonna be enough really for anything. But it's at least it's a start. So we say sort of three courses before you start to see a strong result. That's nine weeks. Mm. And then at that point, you can look and say, okay, how am I doing? Sometimes people will see changes quite you know, quickly. But again, if you've had uh, dysbiosis in place for a number of years, you know, 10 years, 20 years, it's almost like a tree that's grown crooked. You know, you're propping it up then. But if you take the prop away, the tree is going to continue to lean. Mm. So... The key for it's a, how much work does it have to do to get you sort of back to where you need to be it depends on the state of the dysbiosis going in. Yeah. And would you recommend someone take, let's say it's someone like me who is, mm -hmm. is pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of, I mean, I get a lot of, of gas belching, for example, particularly mm -hmm. after certain foods, and I'm wondering if that comes back to gut dysbiosis, mm -hmm. and it very well probably does. Mm -hmm. yep. So would you suggest I take the 17, I was thinking of taking 170 mil every day. Mm -hmm just add infinitum. Mm -hmm. Is that what you would recommend? It's not something you pick up, put down. So I was cycling probiotics, mm -hmm. so a month on, a month off. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to know whether the probiotic I'm taking is actually a really good one. Mm -hmm. It's difficult, even when you do a little bit of you know, exploring mm -hmm. about the brand. Um, so that was my plan. Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. First of all, um, probiotics versus kefir. A probiotic that is dried, like in a tablet, is that the kind of thing you're talking yeah. about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's desiccated, it's dormant, and it's on its way to death. That's why yeah. the, the numbers are coming down over time. Um, kefir is live, and those bacteria are thriving in their own environment, so they're constantly expanding, the numbers are constantly expanding. They are exponentially more powerful than any dried or desiccated probiotic that you would ever find. Mm. It's like a, a dried probiotic would be sort of one or two birds, and kefir is the whole jungle the entire synergistic ecosystem with all the birds and the bugs and the leaves and the flowers and the trees and the fish and deer and the jaguar all you know so it's um it really renders any other probiotic completely irrelevant mm, that makes sense um because and it has synergistic effects so the kefir is suppressing pathogen and it is putting the good bugs in there and it is reducing inflammation inside your system i mean it's sort of working in all of these synergistic ways that nature does because it's a natural compound it's not something that we have synthesized and pulled out and said, here's one thing. Mm. It's the whole package, yeah? Mm. Um, I take kefir every day and knock wood, I have you know, no health issues, no skin issues. Um, I'm in really good health. I take it for the energy boost. Mm -hmm. I take it for the immune system protection because I'm busy and I can't afford to get ill. And you know what? I don't. I mean, again, knock wood. Um, I don't get colds, you know, I can't afford to power down because we, the farm is now very busy. There's a lot of people here. We've got 70 goats. We've got 16 employees, you yeah. know, it's, we're busy and, yeah. um, I need the boost. I take it every day and I will forevermore. Why would you not? 
Mm. You know, why would you not take something that's natural and that makes you feel good and that boosts your ability to think and keeps your digestion in good order? Yeah. I did go, yeah. um, I went on vacation uh, to Italy and we didn't take the kefir with us. So I thought, oh, two weeks off, it'll be fine. You know, I tell you what, I got a streaming head cold about six days in and I hadn't had one for about six years. And I thought, this is horrific. How do people even live with this? How, does, how do people cope with this? This is horrible. And I realized how long it had been since I'd been ill. Yeah. It'd been a really long time. Yeah, you sometimes forget to look back and yeah. see where you, you've come and come yeah. from. Oh, um, absolutely. Your new normal is, is very healthy. Yeah. Everybody on the farm, like our whole family now on the farm, um, none of us are ill, none of us have any health problems, skin problems, digestive problems, mm. allergies. Even Rich, who now doesn't have a large intestine, um, he's on no painkillers, no medications on a daily basis. I mean, you know, he, he'll hurt his shoulder in the tractor or whatever. He has his good days and bad days. But for a man with no large intestine and no gallbladder, um, he's doing incredibly well. And I just keep him stuffed so full of kefir that he sneezes lactobacillus. You know, it's every day <laughs> he has that down. And it's prevented. It's preventative. Um, you know, it's like you keep your car. You wouldn't just drive your car around with no oil in the engine and then you know be surprised when it doesn't work. Mm. We're being assaulted every day. You know the things that damage your microbiome are sugar, antibiotics, not just the ones the doctors give you, but in the food chain, in the groundwater, and the there's water, yeah, yeah. we're absorbing a yeah. lot of it. Uh, stress. Is there anyone here who's not stressed? Mm. And environmental toxins like the ones in our personal care products and our cleaning products and the pollution that's coming off the road. So we're constantly getting assaulted. And if you don't do something to push that back, eventually, you know, those toxins are gonna win that battle mm. and I can't afford for that to happen. Yeah. So I take it for every day and I will forevermore. Yeah. Um, one of the questions we had as well was, how, bear in mind they haven't tried your product, I will add that, any way to make it taste nicer? So at some point this person's tried some beer. Yep and hasn't, hasn't liked the taste of it. Yep. You, um, you mentioned putting it in a smoothie. <coughs> you can put it in a smoothie. We, people can struggle with the taste because we're used to everything being sweet. Mm. No one is used to bitter, no one is used to tart. No, you know, these are not things that we do anymore. So I would say the taste of kefir is like kind of fizzy feta cheese. It's really, really tart and tangy. Um, if you struggle with the taste, you can blend it up. You can blend it up with bananas. You can blend it up with coconut oil, um, blueberries we have sometimes. So that's nice. People often find that they start to crave it after a while as well. Because as the good bugs get into your system, you really do start to want the taste. Yeah. The blending with blueberries, I, li I like that idea. That makes a very nice smoothie. Yeah, yeah I'll give that a try. Um, we, you touched a bit on the fact that... <coughs> The whole family have um, have the kefir. Mm -hmm. What else do you do to stay well? You've got you know a farm life, as we all know, is extremely busy. Mm -hmm. You're now running a business with sixty thousand customers mm -hmm. in twenty eight countries, so there's a lot going on. You've got a family, a family of four children. Mm -hmm. So what else do you do to make sure you stay well and healthy? That isn't just related to the kefir. Mm -hmm. uh, we do our own meat here on the farm, so it's clean. Yeah. Um, we use a lot of medical herbs. So I'm doing every day some kind of tea. Um, that will deal with, you know, if um, Benji comes home and he has the sniffles because he's brought something home from school, we will breathe the oil. I'll give him a peppermint uh, kind of tea. If somebody has a headache on the team, we use a lot of medical herbs as well. Mm. 
And you, you told me when I had the tour of the farm mm -hmm. earlier that you were retraining as a medical herbalist. Mm -hmm. so, and I guess that's going to inform the next generation of products for chuckling mm -hmm. goats, so you can look forward to that. Exactly right. We've got a DIY pharmacy line coming up, so I'm going to make uh, medical teas. So these are things you can have in your home pharmacy so that you can treat anything that comes up. Uh, we're also going to do some skin balms that are just sort of oil-infused herbs, very, very gentle, because the kefir can be really strong in the early stages of that allergic reaction. Mm. Cool. I think so. Um, there's another question. I just want to, I want to make sure we get this in before the end of the time. Um, this is from one of our clients, actually. Any trial, are, are you aware of any trials on the effect of goat's milk versus cow's milk for asthma? Yes. So cow's milk contains <clears throat> something called the A1 casein, which is extremely allergic and produces mucus. And it is found to be a trigger for autoimmune. So it is very, very, very bad for human beings and particularly for anyone who's dealing with IBS, asthma, anything like that. Mm. Um, those areas, by the way, are connected by the fact that they are all barrier sites of your immune system. So logically enough, your body protects itself at the points where the outside meets the inside. And that's your skin, your sinuses, your lungs, your gut. Yeah. So those are, that's why you see the allergic march move through all those locations. It's all the barrier sites of your immune system. Cow's milk is absolute poison for those kind of things. So I don't have cow's milk on the farm. I don't allow it, you know, um, if people want cow's milk, they need to bring their own because I really consider it to be a huge problem. Mm. Goat's milk does not contain the A1 casein. Um, so it is considered hypoallergenic and people can have goat's milk. Babies can have it who can't even tolerate their own mother's milk very, very easily tolerated, which is part of the reason why we use it in the kefir. Mm. You can have goat's milk, um, goat butter, which is actually great, creates butyrate inside your immune system, which is very, very good for you. Uh, goat cheese, all those things are wonderful and good for you and part of the good fats that you should be having. Mm. So a lot of people who think that they're allergic to milk are actually just responding to the cow's milk. And if they have goat's milk or sheep's milk, buffalo milk, um, which none of which contain that A1 casein, they'll be fine. Mm. Okay, thank you for that. And same, same for part two of that question. If we think depression is inflammatory linked, yes, yeah, is mm -hmm. the kind of the, the, the latest thinking. And if that's the case, um, is goat's milk casein less inflammatory? It which is. I think you probably just answered. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, you know, depression comes from a lack of serotonin inside your system. 90% of your serotonin is created inside your gut mm. um, and it's created by enteromuffin cells um, and those cells are controlled by the T cells and the T cells are stimulated by the kefir. So the kefir actually creates um, the production of serotonin inside your system which helps with gut motility, uh, which helps to soothe any kind of IBS connection and it also it modulates the amount of serotonin inside your system. If you have too much serotonin, you're gonna have anxiety. If you have too little serotonin, you're gonna have depression. So it can be very dangerous to take those SSRIs that are actually controlling your serotonin. You don't wanna control your serotonin. Mm -hmm. You want to boost the ability of your own immune system to release the right amount, whatever the right amount is in yeah. that moment. Yeah. So it's the modulatory effect that we're after, and that's what Kiefer does so brilliantly. Yeah. Cool. Um, you've mentioned a couple of benefits and you've mentioned things like asthma and eczema, but for, for anyone listening, what, what type of conditions is the goat's milk kefir really good for? Anything that is autoimmune related. Yep. So that's ME, chronic fatigue, arthritis, diabetes, obesity, depression, 
anxiety, all the skin conditions, eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, acne, uh, lupus, ME, mm -hmm. Hashimoto's. I mean, the list goes on literally. Um, autoimmune conditions are pretty much at the basis of most things that most people are dealing with. Yeah. Anything that's allergic, any kind of allergies. Because your system is going off, it's like a car alarm is going off in your system. And your system is responding to intruders that it shouldn't be responding to. So something relatively innocuous like a dust mite, for example, your system is sort of throwing out the baby with the bathwater and releasing huge amounts of IgE into your system where that's really not required by a dust mite, but it's, it's the overreaction. Mm. So all of those things, I, I actually hesitate to talk about it like that because I feel like it can come across like a snake oil salesman you know, it's like, oh, it's good for this and that and this and that and this. And you go, well, it can't possibly be good for all of that. And to be honest, that's part of the reason why I focused on skin issues. Mm. Because I thought, well, I, I don't want to just go out there going, yay, it's good for everything. So we focused on the skin. But what happened after I wrote the first book, The Good Skin Solution, Natural Healing for Eczema, Psoriasis, Rosacea, and Acne, people started feeding back to me and saying, but my IBS is gone as well and my depression's clearing up, and my brain fog is going, and I'm not feeling anxious anymore. And I went, okay, I'll look into why that is, which has driven the next book, which is coming out now in May 2018, which is The Key for Solution, Natural Healing for IBS, Depression, and Anxiety. Mm. So all of those things as well um, just came out of clients feeding back to me that my IBS is gone. Yeah. So huge, it's like 25% of the population dealing with some kind of IBS. Yeah. Because you take antibiotics, it wipes out your gut bugs, and then you don't have any gut bugs to digest your food. It's not complicated how we got there. But it's horrific, you know, the level of suffering in the population. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Well, look, I'm really looking forward to trying the product. Um, your, boat, your book, sorry, um, Secrets of a Chuckling Goat is on Amazon, mm -hmm. and you've got another book out next year. Mm -hmm. um, what else is next for you? You've got some new product line. I do. Um, I'm very excited about that. The whole foray into medical herbs is exciting for me because it works together so beautifully and synergistically with kefir. I love the way that natural products perform. I mm. think we've made a mistake by finding an active component and taking it out of the plant mm. and Absolutely isolating agree. it and putting it in a pill and selling it to people. Mm. You know, if you take, if you have a headache and you drink meadow sweet tea, for example, it not only helps your head, but it helps your stomach as well. If you take an aspirin, which has the salicylic acid in it that has been extracted from the meadow sweet, that will upset your stomach. Mm. Because the plant has the compounds, if you use the whole plant, it will protect your whole system. So why would we not do that? You know, there's mm -hmm. such a wealth of information out there and there's so many powerful plants. I mean, within two feet of here, I could show you plantain and burdock and chickweed, which I could put in a tea, which would help itchy skin. And you know, it's, there's just a wealth of power out there. Nature has the answers. We've created the problems with our chemicals, but nature has the answers yeah. and always has. Yeah, that's a brilliant place to leave it. Um, how can people buy the products? Online only. We do not sell through any outside uh, retailers. Okay. So it's, it's uh, chucklinggoat.co.uk. Okay. It's Which I'll there. link to in the show notes. I'll also mm -hmm. link to your books. Um, Shan, thanks very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, help us to reach more people by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. We would really appreciate that and it would help us to spread the good word even further. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the next show.